Hi, it's Lou Rosenfeld, and welcome to another edition of the Rosenfeld Review. And I am here with Val Head. Hey, Val. Hi, how are you doing? Doing great. Good. And I'm really happy because this was a week that we launched a new book. Yeah, I was. And it happened to be uh, one you're familiar with. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little designing interface <laughs> animation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so great to have you on the show and great to have your book out. And um, I don't want to make you blush, but um, you're one of the uh, easiest, uh, most pleasant authors to deal with. At this uh-huh. point in the process, uh, many times authors and publishers um, uh, uh, they like you can see each other's fingerprints on their necks and things. Like that. <laughs> but uh, so f- as far as I know, we're 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 still friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it didn't it didn't come to that. It's a, it's been a, you know it's definitely. I mean, writing a book is definitely not easy. But I think that I mean it was a it was it was a good process. I think for all of us working together to get this done. Well, I was going to ask you. Um, a question about your expertise. I mean, arguably mm-hmm. the fact that you've written a book forced you uh, to go deeper into web animation than anything else you've done um, because now you've had to kind of put it together and make sense of it for other people. But how did, how did you get to that point that you knew so much about the topic? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I started out um, I started out doing a lot of flash work back in the day when that was a thing people did. I mean, now it's like people are like, oh, I used to do flash. Don't tell anyone. Um, but, but I used to be like a job people had. Um, and I did a lot of flash work for the web, and that's kind of how I got into animation and just kind of learning how to appreciate what it can do. And, you know, working in agency settings, a lot of the times you'd make things and you'd be like, that maybe wasn't a good idea. Why wasn't it? <laughs> well, like what kind of things were people using animation for in the flash era or just any time? I mean, what do you hope to kind of help people avoid in your book. Yeah, I mean, like the sort of history of the the Flash era, like a lot of the main parts people remember of it, I think, are the bad parts, which are like that kind of trend towards having these like intros and, and these animated almost like commercials that people had to watch before they got to your site. And I definitely made some of those. They probably weren't so great. But like, you know, back back then in like, I guess, late 90s, early 2000s, I'm not exactly sure when that was exactly. It's all kind of a blur. But like that's just how people express themselves with motion on websites. They were like, we can do this multimedia thing, so let's just go crazy with it. And that was a big part of what was going on. But there was also some more subtle and more interesting design going on where people were making flash sites that actually were really pleasant and easy to use and making animation be really part of those sites. Uh, and we kind of threw out the good with the bad when we abandoned flash and decided, you know, when Steve Jobs killed it in 2011 and the rest of us were like, no more. Uh, but there's, there's a lot, there was a lot of good that happened with all that bad over the course of like the flash trend. And, you know, I, am kind of trying to help people bring back the good part <laughs> and, and use it even better. What, uh, what made something good and were there any, uh, either people who inspired you or who were doing good work or, or sites that, we may remember those of us who were around back in those dark days. <laughs> you know, I can't remember any specific things anymore. It's kind of terrible because it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> but I think it's all just kind of fallen out of my brain. But like, you know, that, that starting in that area kind of led me. And then the sort of like following backlash of people being like flashes all bad sort of led me to try to find those ways where animation was good and useful for interfaces, for design of just how to use it well, because it seems silly to throw out all of that just 
because, you know, this plugin isn't supported anymore. You know, the hate got a little crazy. And uh, that's what kind of led me to get into it. And then, then I, you know, started, especially once web animation became the thing that it is now, you know, there was that kind of gap between when Flash died and when the web could really do animation. There was a few years there where you're like, I guess I used jQuery and like there was no good option. Uh, but now we finally do. So I want to see the whole, you know, as an industry, I want to see us make better things than we did last time around. We had this sort of like animation available to us. Plus it's, you know, now we can make animation that really is like of the web to borrow a uh, saying from Jeremy Keith that like, you know, we can do this with CSS and JavaScript, the stuff that we've made websites with since the beginning of websites. Like, that's a really big deal. So do, do you find that when people are thinking then about how to use animation, are they, are they still thinking of it in the frame of uh, augmenting brand? Or are they going beyond that to kind of more concrete uh, uh, ways of helping users? A little of both. Like, I think the biggest mentality is still that it's just kind of decoration and this extra thing. But there's pockets of people and like teams or one or two people on teams that are, that recognize it can be more than that. And, you know, that it's something that we should design just like any other thing we, we put in our interfaces. So, you know, the book in a way is kind of for, for those people to help them, you know, bolster their argument for using it effectively and, and helping them figure out how because, you know, it's one thing to be like, we should use animation in a smart, efficient way. And then the next thing you have to ask is like, well, how we, you know, we have a way that we work already. How do we add this extra thing without, you know, having to add in tons of extra hours? Because no one wants, everyone's already working hard and, and long as it is. Right. Well, well so without giving away uh, everything in the book, which mm -hmm. look, it's, it's not that long a book, but it's, <laughs> it's longer than we have time for. Um, mm -hmm. What's the, what's the essence of the answer to that question of, of how, how do you do it well? Yeah, of, of how to do it well or like how to make it part of your process. Well, um, those are two really important questions. Yeah. You take them in any order you like. It, the, the how to do it well is really, I kind of break it down as looking at both the purpose and, and style of animation, you know, finding the reason for why animation is there. And in the book, the I guess we've got like four or five chapters that all talk about the possible reasons and go through a bunch of examples, like existing sites and apps to kind of show what what those uh, purposes could be, um, which I'm hoping will help people identify, you know, where they could reuse that same purpose in their own work. Like, oh, if I want to direct attention, I could use animation to help with that. Or if I want to, you know, kind of like cue people through a task, uh, animation is one of the ways to get that done too. So a lot of the common design problems we have or the kind of design issues or things we're trying to do Animation can help us get there in, in various ways if we want to include it as one of the things we're using in our design. So um, definitely the way to use it most effectively is to start with that purpose and like know why the animation is there. In much the same way, like if you go and pick a typeface for your website, you usually have reasons why you're picking it. It might be because, you know, it feels like your brand, it has similar structure or is very strong and your brand wants to be very strong or something like that. Like we can use that same thought process for animation too. So talk a little bit about uh, the, the, the way you use it to help express a brand. I know you have a mm -hmm. chapter dedicated to that. The hard part for you and, and for me and most importantly for anyone listening in is, is to uh, do audio about animation. <laughs> so um, I will apologize for even asking the question to everyone involved, but uh, Val, do your best. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. And it's like, 
the way we, the way we use motion and the way we animate things really can say a lot about your brand and your your interface, just the the product, the brand, whatever it's representing. You know, when we make something move, as like people who see that motion or see that animation, we have this tendency to try to interpret why it's moving. Um, there's a really great study from back in the '40s that I'll have to give you a link to put in the show notes. Where uh, I forget which university is. I want to say Stanford, but I could be wrong. They showed a bunch of students this film, which was just a bunch of geometric shapes moving around. There was they weren't there's no people, just shapes. And they asked the students like, "What? Write me a, a summary of what you saw." And a lot of these responses that came back, like pretty much all of them, had things like, "Oh, well, the circle was very angry at the triangle," or like that square was mean and bullying this other shape, and like all these traits of like human traits and emotions were assigned to these basic shapes. And we do that on probably a slightly, you know, less severe level with anything that moves in interfaces and that kind of thing. When we see stuff move, we try to explain why and we try to extrapolate some sort of like motivation or personality from that. So knowing that as designers, we can actually try to convey the things we want to convey. You know, if you want to feel very energetic and, um, you're very, very energetic and fun. You could use a certain kind of motion that maybe has a lot of bounce to it, maybe has a lot of like squash and stretch to it. So the shapes seem very like soft and squishy and like, you know, malleable in a way. Um, and like on the other side of that, you might want, if you want to have a, um, if you have a brand that you want to feel or convey like a sense of stability and just like structure, you could do things that are more, um, more sort of uh, very particular motion that like doesn't have bounces, just goes where it's going to go and knows exactly where it's going. So it's kind of doing this sort of easing in, easing out kind of thing, being very um, like having a certain very structured rhythm to it and just, you know, never going beyond where it should go, just always arriving right there. And those differences in the motion of how that thing gets from point A to point B can convey a lot of things about your brand or at least convey something about that motion and hopefully you're making it match your brand. Well, well done. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, so I, you really, I, I saw in my mind what you were talking about, but I'm glad. You, we're, we're talking, we were talking about expressing brand mm -hmm. things like mood or emotion. Uh, what, let's take it to the other end of the, uh, the spectrum to something a bit more, um, less emotional, I think, mm -hmm. and, and certainly close to, to my heart. How do you use animation to orient and give context? How much does the, I don't know if you use mood, so what, what are you trying to express uh, or, or have animation help express in, in that use, in that context? Yeah, I mean, in that context of kind of trying to help orient people, it's sort of more, that's more like the utility angle of it, right? Like you could use the same animation to orient people and depending on how you style that, you might communicate some aspect of your brand too. But uh, in the orientation sense of it, I mean, a lot of the interfaces we're designing these days, especially for smaller screens, you know, we have layers of interface, for example, where you might have some content that lives off screen somewhere or maybe above other content. And by animating those transitions between the different levels of content or animating like, you know, some drawer animation onto screen or um, navigation rather onto the screen, by showing how that element arrives on screen and arrives into view, you're giving information about where it came from and where it can be found later. So even just that like very kind of, I guess, utilitarian transitions there of just like, we will transition this on screen so people know it came from the left and then it will exit to the left so everyone knows that that's where you find it again later. I mean, a lot of those little transitions 
and being logical and like structured with them can help the people using your interface get that same like mental model of where things are as you do when you're designing it. So you're kind of reinforcing a model that may already be in place by mm -hmm. making it a bit more maybe obvious. It, it, it's just kind of harder to miss that you're talking about uh, or using some sort of model or metaphor to do things like communicate uh, hierarchy. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's kind of like one one less thing the person using your stuff has to worry about. If they can see where that you know off-screen menu came from, they don't have to think about where it came from. You know, they can focus on like the content or their task at hand as opposed to being like, wait, why is that thing suddenly on screen and it wasn't a minute ago? Like, what happened? <laughs> so, um, is this within the reach of most of the people reading the book? I mean, are most people who, I mean, the book is really for designers mm -hmm. and developers, and but also I, I think to a degree product. Uh, owners or product managers and, and others who may not be quite as um, likely to be doing the actual implementation. Um, how, how accessible is this? It, it, can, I, I'm not real bright. Can I sit down and start <laughs> doing animation? What, how far along do I need to be? Or is it just good for me to know so uh, I can work with someone who is going to do the work? Yeah, I think that book, it kind of falls more into the side of like, really good things for you to know to help whether you're making the animation or not. It, it really focuses on helping you make good decisions around animation, like good design decisions. And, you know, if you are also the developer who's going to be building those animations, that's good for you to know. Um, I've heard from some developers who've read the book that what they really liked about it is it helped them know, like, were they doing the right thing? You know, like when you go to create an animation and code, you're like, well, I could do make it do this, I can make it do this, or I can make it do that. And there's rarely a direction for them on which way to go. So the reading the book helped them figure out like between those three, which one might be the better choice. Uh, I think it's also helpful for people who aren't going to be making the animation because like rarely do you work in complete isolation, right? Like you, if you're a designer, you're probably working with a developer, you're probably working with product owners. And if you all have kind of like a similar, uh, I guess like priority level or similar understanding of what you want to use animation for or how you could use it, it's easier to have those discussions, right? Like if you if you're all come on the same page already, it's easier to be you know, have those discussions about what the animation should look like and what it should do, as opposed to all wondering like should we use it at all? You know, you can you can get further along that path together. So you're not showing people how to code, but the mm -hmm. people who are coding are going to get some guidance so that they actually are, are using their time and, and, and their resources more effectively. The yeah. people that they're working with, like the product owners, for example, uh, are going to be better uh, collaborators with their, their development resources and their design resources. And then I guess another, you know, so that, that, that's sort of like, you know, the book getting close to where the, the rubber meets the road in terms mm -hmm. of, of doing things like coding. But then I think at the other end of the spectrum, you're, you're kind of doing a lot of broad level setting, like getting people to understand uh, and and make sense of animation as a as a pretty broad topic. Yeah, and that's. I mean, I, I've been teaching a lot of workshops on web animation over the years, and that was kind of uh, one question I get a lot from people, basically the whole time since I've started over the last few years. Is like, there's a lot of people that feel like they're the only one in their organization that recognizes what they could be doing with animation and what the potential is, and they feel like every time it comes to a new project or a new task, they kind of have to like battle for its importance. 
so one of the things I wanted to do with the book is like help give them more material for that battle. So hopefully they can have those arguments less often and help get everyone kind of on their side on that. So hopefully it helps with that too. <laughs> and, and really in a way your, your book is sort of connective tissue. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there, I mean, you can read a lot of books on animation. I mean, there's probably a zillion books on the topic that are yeah. really good and you're not trying to basically introduce animation. You're trying to position it uh, and then kind of be a gateway to um, the actual coding. And so are there any, on either end of that, like, is there a, a, a book you'd recommend that would be a great intro to if you if people just want to get a broad sweep of uh, everything there is to know about animation broadly? Mm. And then on the other end of the spectrum, is there like a, a, a next book to read if you're ready to start coding that would be really helpful? Yeah. Oh, those are good questions. They're a little bit hard, but I'll think of some books. So for the broad look at animation, I really like to go back to some of the more historical books. Uh, I really, I know the illusions of life and the 12 principles of animation from Disney are like the ones everyone kind of reaches for, but it's a really good book and just a great story of, you know, how Disney did what they did when they did it. Um, so I think that one's a really good one. There, there's also a book called the animator's survival guide, which is similarly for traditional animation written by, um, the, the same guy who, uh, directed, uh, um, who framed Roger Rabbit oh, yeah. and, uh, that one's a little bit more modern than the Disney book. Like I think it was written in the eighties, which is, I don't know how modern that counts depending on your timeline, but it's more modern than the illusions of life. And it's just really interesting to see, read about how he communicates with animation, how he like conveys things. And even some of the, um, the things like the timing charts and sheets that traditional animators use. I think those are really interesting and valuable for us to see, even though we're never, or we probably are never going to be like drawing cell by cell animations. Um, there's definitely some good books on like web animation specifically. Um, there's a few out there. One I really like is a uh, pro CSS three animation from Dudley story. He is a professor in, um, at a university in Alberta. I think it is, I could be wrong. It might be Manitoba. Uh, but he teaches this stuff to his students all the time. And he's written a book that's really good about how to use all that. Um, and then there's another book, uh, on SVG animation, that uh, O'Reilly will be putting out soon. Um, I got to read some early parts of it that was really good for that. So, um, you know, there's definitely books out there that will get really specific on how to create animation on the web with very specific technologies, whether it's SVG, CSS, JavaScript. Um, And then there's definitely this other side of it where there's those more like motion graphics and traditional animation books. And um, there's there's so many out there. It's a really great area to just like dig into. It's great that uh, there's now a book that does sort of the, uh, like I keep describing it, it serves as something of a of connective tissue mm-hmm. between the, the, the sort of traditional animation, what is it about and why, and, and uh, getting ready to actually implement web animation. Well, now there's a book, thanks to Val, that helps people uh, not only do some sense making, uh, but also create a plan that's practical and will guide those expensive developer resources so that when they actually sit down and do the work, they're doing work that you really need to get done and that really makes a, a great impact. Thanks for writing it. And uh, it's, it's not only a delight to, to, to have you uh, as an author, but just to have you on the show. It's been really great talking with you, Val. Oh, thanks. And, and I definitely could not have made the book what it was without uh, you and the rest of the Rosenfeld crew. I've gotten so many comments so far from people that who've gotten like the physical printed book who are just like, it's, it's beautiful, it's all color, and like the cover's great. So... 
you know, it would not be that without you. <laughs> well, thanks. Did any, uh, before we go, did anybody note the uh, aroma of the book? No, no one's commented on the smell yet. Mostly they're just like, the cover is great. It's beautiful. So, so we, we um, <laughs> as an aside, we always have people who tell us that they like the smell of our books, mm. uh, which is not something that was intentional. It was a lot of intentionality <laughs> with our book design, but that was not one of them. And I will say there is about, uh, for all those people, for every five of those, there's one person who says, our books smell terrible. Yeah, so you just can't just, win people with smell, right? Just be prepared. And anyway, maybe the, the next uh, uh, really difficult to talk about topic in design you'll start tackling <laughs> is uh, the UX of, of smell. Uh, I'm sure we'll get smell a vision uh, uh, at some point. Uh, anyway, um, I, I should probably uh, wrap this one up. I think I'm really going into the weeds. But thanks, Val. And uh, if anyone is interested... Uh, in picking up a copy, Designing Interface Animation is obviously available from rosenfeldmedia.com, mm -hmm. that beautiful paperback that Val was describing, but also uh, for uh, ebook formats that are all DRM-free. We, we hate our DRM. We never have DRM. And uh, if you must, you can pick up a copy from Amazon. You've probably uh, heard of them, too. Thanks, Val. Great to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. Take care. Bye.